Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Ladies and gentlemen, congratulations to the Furman Paladins! Wow! The Paladins all the way to the Elite Eight of the FCS. Fantastic to be here with you guys, Mark, Ryan, and Diesel. It is Offsides on a Monday edition of the show, and it is fantastic to be here with you guys right now. Here's how you can be a part of the show. You can give us a ring at 844-FAN-PHONE. That's 844-326-3663. And the carpro.com text line is there for you at 71307. Just start your text with the word fan and away you go on the show. Jim Zoki joins us on the show today. Chris Phillips joins us in studio today. Um, Diesel, you don't know the answer to this. And we're like, I try my best. Guys, like, one of the things I love about this business and this industry is that no two days are ever the same. No two shows are ever the same. And I actually love the summer when there's not a lot going on, regardless of whether you're in a pro market or a college market or an NFL market or a college football market. The summer gives you a lot of blank canvas days. And I love when you guys have no idea what I'm going to open up with, right? Today is kind of a a more predictable day, even though you don't know the takes as well, right? You don't know which direction we're going to go and everything. Um, But, you know, it's it's one of those days where you've got something that is so irritating, so out there, so in your face that we've we've got to share with you what we think and what we feel. And we most certainly will. Jim Zoki joins us on the Carolina Panthers, as I said. Um, And uh, today on the show today... A look at the bowl games that are there. What do we think? Most intriguing to least intriguing. What would a 12-team playoff have looked like this year? Uh, but between now and then, so much on the travesty that is the college football playoff. Now, Diesel on Friday, you might remember we did a little contest, a little challenge, where we cha- tasked people with giving us the four teams that were going to make the playoff. And in exchange for that, they would get their choice of the right to host a segment of this show, the right to get a special shout-out on the air, um, special recognition on the air, or 
I would meet them in the month of December uh, for an adult beverage. Now, Diesel, we've got we we had a huge day as a result of that on the text line on on Friday. What do you think the results of that uh, of that contest was, Diesel? Like, I'm not asking you to tell me who won. Yeah. Just tell me, Diesel. How many people got it right? How, how many people got it right? Out of, I'm going to guess the number of people who played the game. I'm going to guess somewhere in the range of 30 to 40 people sent in their four-team submissions. And I'm going to say one got it right. 80 to 90 wow. set in their submissions. Wow. And none. Got <laughs> Let none. me guess. Oregon was the big, Oregon and Georgia. Were the big equalizers in this thing. Yeah, Oregon and Georgia were the big equalizers, and a lot of people were shrewd enough not to have one of them in, but they didn't have both of them out. By the way, Bama Springer, you can send a bottle of something uh, dark to the radio station because I predicted that Alabama would win and would be in the college football playoff. He called in last week, told me I had big bulls. So, you know what? I like uh, I like bourbon. I like, I like single barrel. We'll put it that way. Um, guys, let's open on the positive because that, there's a lot that's going on today that I'm really fired up about. Okay, a lot. Um, to start, how about the Furman Paladins? Now, look, uh, it was Diesel uh, Garsh. How, so they played this week. They had last week off. It was two weeks ago today that I opened up and I just opened a can on Furman after they blew home field advantage throughout the playoffs by losing to Wofford. All right. And I essentially spoke on the air in that segment two weeks ago today, the same way that I would if I was Clay Hendricks speaking to the team in the locker room after the game. Like I, I just, I, I was so disappointed with what they had on the line that a 9-1 and team could fail to show up against a 1-9 and team that happens to call themselves your rival. I couldn't believe what was blown. Well, they weren't with their, with their QB1. That, that, I mean, that by itself shouldn't be enough to lose you that football game. But it, I guess it was. Guess who else wasn't without their QB1 over the weekend, Diesel? Or their QB2? Yeah. And how did they do? Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, just just good enough. That's how they did against Louisville. Just yeah. good enough. Well, apparently not just good enough because <laughs> that's that's obviously what we're going to get to on the show today. Um, but uh, but how about the Furman Paladins? Shout out for advancing. They were just a two and a half point favorite over Chattanooga. They played last month. The score was seventeen fourteen. This game was never in doubt. Was never in doubt. And so Furman is now in the final eight of the FCS playoff. That's the good news. The bad news is, and again, Diesel, I don't want to keep going back to the Wofford thing. I, like, this is supposed to be our chance to be positive. But because they lost that game to Wofford, now they're going on the road to Montana, mm. right? And I got sent a video. Diesel, I got sent a video but I by our friend Brandon Keeler. Uh, over the weekend, and I just want to show you what Furman is going into this weekend. And you think, Diesel, when they're standing on that sideline, yeah, you think they're going to wish that they prepped a little bit harder for I, Wofford? I think he needs to move the rabbit ears on his TV a little bit. It's a little, you know, the picture's a little fuzzy. 
<laughs> yeah. I no, mean, it's, it's called driving snow. It, yeah, they're playing in a blizzard. Yeah. And Furman's going there yeah. because they couldn't find a way to beat Wofford. Mm. And one in nine Wofford, they couldn't beat them. So now Furman's got to go to like 20 below <laughs> and like survive that experience. And Delaware couldn't survive that experience. They got blown out by Montana. And Furman's going to be a big underdog in this game. I'm pulling up, up the 10-day forecast right now. Let's see. Next Saturday, anticipated weather in Missoula, Montana. A high of 34. Oh, boy. Mostly cloudy with a 15% chance of precipitation. Not too windy, so you got that going for you. You know, just south southeast winds, four miles an hour. Yeah. Yeah. And see, I am the dude who says to you guys, I don't want to hear you guys tell me that your winners are mild. You know, that's like you telling me that the chicken wing is mild when you've thrown ghost pepper on it. To a, to a Florida guy, this ain't mild. Okay? This isn't mild at all. This, you know, like the, the, the fluctuation in temperature jacks with my sinus and jacks with my soul. Okay? I don't, I don't enjoy it. But I'll tell you what, Furman sure as hell isn't prepared for that. And that's what was blown when they couldn't beat Wofford. And it's, it's heartbreaking, right? That said, what can you do about it now? What can you do about it? You were ranked number two in the FCS. You've made it all the way to the final eight. Can you take it one step further? Because if you're able to win not one but two more games, then you're playing back in the South again. You're playing in Texas for the national championship. Um, so, What's the draw next week if Furman wins? Where might they have to travel next week? Do you happen to have the playoffs I don't have the I don't have the bracket in front of me. I did look at it, Diesel. But um, if, you could, if you could bring that up, I, I, I don't think it's South Dakota State is number one. It may be North Dakota State that they go to. Yeah, I'm, not, I'm not 100% positive, but I know this week, you know, this week, boy, They've got a they've got a task in front of them. Well, the winner will play uh, the winner of South Dakota versus North Dakota State. South Dakota is a three seed. North Dakota State is unseeded. Furman's a seven seed. So, or excuse me, yeah, seven seed. So they will have to travel back to. Do you just stay? I think you just so. Stay in yeah. the Dakotas. You might as well just get used yeah. to it. Get used to practicing in that, playing in that, Montana, Find a local high North school, Dakota, South down. Dakota. Diesel, I mean, imagine, like, they had it right here, right in front of them. All you have to do is beat the FCS's version of Vanderbilt. Yeah. And uh, and they couldn't do it. You have to cut, over, cut open a wampa, stay warm. That said, look, they're alive. You know, we, we could be talking about a Furman team that had, that had deceased but uh, they're alive and and they're well and they look great against Chattanooga and it was great to have QB one Tyler Huff back um, and as long as he's there and as and as long as he's healthy and if that game can travel if that defense can travel which defense normally does Furman has got every shot in the world we'll just see if they can we'll see if they can make it happen we will see if they can make it happen eight four four. 326-3663 is the number to get get to us on the show. I'm getting a text here that says that uh, if North Dakota State were to advance, then they would play at Furman. So they could get another home game in the playoffs if North Dakota State advances out of that That's right, because North Dakota State is not seeded. Correct. 
Yeah, so it would go back to home field advantage. And North Dakota State is kind of like Dutch Fork, Diesel. Like, yeah, no matter how there. bad they are. And, and by the way, can, don't I just, go there. can I just say one thing, <laughs> Diesel? Like, North, I mean, Dutch Fork won the state championship again. Okay. okay. Should you be able to win the state championship if you were at one point two and five? They yeah. were two and five. Yeah. You, and they won the state championship. Yeah, because you've won given the format that you have. It's like, would you tell. Would you tell UMBC that they hadn't won the national championship if they made a magical run all the way through the NCAA tournament? I mean, you could way. you yeah. could look at them and say you're you're not the best team in the country. Sure, but you won in the format that you have. So yes, you are the national champions. Uh, that is the format. No one's saying Dutch Fork isn't the uh, isn't the state champion, but uh, I would say that um, you know the difference in college football is you, in college basketball you play forty games. In high school football and college football, you play 10 to 12. Each game is supposed to mean something, right? Well, how much does it mean if a 2-5 and five team goes on to win the state? You know, like, I don't know. The, all the um, non-region games don't mean anything. And then, like, 80% of the region teams make the playoff. So, essentially, you show up for one or two weeks a year, and you just turn the switch on in the, in the postseason. You are the state champion. That's called conserving your energy until it matters the most. <laughs> Texter says, let's see here. Sure was wrong on my final four picks. Uh, Furman's got an extremely tough challenge this weekend. Let me know when the Furman baseball preview is going to be on the show. LOL, go Terriers. This Texter again. Yep. This guy. This guy's got his jokes. He texted in during the Dan Scott interview and tried to get me to ask him that question. I'm like, really? Texter, you're not going to no. get me on that. Texter says nice 34 try. is mild in Montana. It was seven in northern <laughs> Wisconsin last Whew. week. You know what? I bet they were grateful for all seven of the degrees that they were given. I'm sure. Hey, seven's better than zero. Texter says Furman is praying for 34. <laughs> uh, Texter says let's talk about the Panthers. Um, well, we will at 340 today. Texter says if North Dakota State wins and Furman wins, Furman would host North Dakota State. Diesel. That would be quite a scene. Yeah. The bison. I'm told it's like, you know, they're very particular about the pronunciation. Correct. It's Z. Bison. Bison. Yes. Bison. If the bison were to come here, Mm -hmm. that would be a pretty awesome scene, would it not? If the bison came here, we need to get together an offsider party and take a crew to the game. Hey, uh, can you find me, Diesel, what a – here's a challenge for you. Find me what a proposed line is for Furman's game this week and for that North Dakota State game, okay? It's out there somewhere. I just don't know where it is. You guys have any lines? North Dakota State against South Dakota, Furman against Montana. Uh, that is <laughs> that is not an easy task, my friends, not an easy task. But congratulations to the Dins who enable me to say something on the air that feels like I'm being naughty. And I love the feeling of being naughty. I really do. Because Furman allows me to say on the air, um, and it's not an FCC violation because it's a slogan. You know? Just like there is a a show. Is this show on Netflix, Diesel? That's called Bleeps Creek. And I recently asked Diesel off the air. I said, are we allowed to say Bleeps Creek on the air? And so a philosophy that I've always had is if you have to ask, the answer is no. And so I said to myself, since I have to ask, we're not going to do that on the air. The answer is no. 
Well, Diesel, as great as he is, went ahead and asked. Yeah. And, and what was the answer that you got? I was told, if you're talking about the show in an editorial fashion, it's okay to say on the air. <laughs> But, like, don't celebrate it, right? Yeah. You know, you're not saying, yeah, yeah you know, well, guess what I was watching this weekend? Bleeps Creek. You know that show, Bleeps Creek, is really great. The See, characters on Bleeps Creek. I, you and I still won't even say it. <laughs> we still won't even say it, even though we've been kind of given the tentative acceptance that you can say the show name. But guess what you can say? You can say when Furman wins, F you one time, F you two times, F you three times, F you all the time. You can say that. And that being the slogan for Furman, the baddest slogan in the history of sports, makes it okay. So this from DRatings.com. Man, that's a good name for a website. I should trademark that. Furman at Montana. As of right now. Can I guess? Opening Can line. I guess? Yeah, and this is, this is from, I, I've never heard of DRatings.com. Okay. I have no idea if they're any good. Okay. Take a guess. I'm going to say Montana minus 12. Montana minus 17 and a half. Oh. 17 and a half. So we'll see how that adjusts. I I think during the FCS playoffs, I believe ESPN and a lot of the sports books get more involved in FCS matchups. And the cold is responsible for 19 of those 17 and a half points, Steve. Well, it's it's also because Montana rolled Delaware 49-19. Montana's putting up points in that environment. So how about the uh, North Dakota State-South Dakota game? Is, is, that, is, that, is that one on there at all? Uh, Texter says, I've played in that kind of snow game, Mark. It's a lot of fun being tackled and sliding three to five yards after. That is cool. Uh, okay, it's literally cool, Brandon, as in your butt is cool, right? Um, 17 and a half points. You guys are taking Furman in those 17 and a half points, right? The spread on that game, I am seeing, you know, generally North Dakota State is favored. Depending on where you go. Okay. Um, do you want to take a guess? Uh, well, you said generally they're favored, so that means it's close. Relatively. Uh, so I'm going to say North Dakota State minus three. Uh, depending on where you go, I'm seeing pl- uh, North Dakota State. Excuse me. I'm sorry. I told you wrong. That's that's my mistake. I told you wrong. South Dakota State is favored. Okay. Uh, four and a half, four and a half, five and a half, five, 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 and six. Okay. So so you're saying there's a chance. All we need is two underdog wins. So all we need is exactly what we got in college football this weekend. Right? That's all we need. All we need is exactly what we got in college football this weekend with Oregon and Georgia and all of the upsets in the world. And you're saying to me, Mark Ryan, you got a layup today. They gave you a layup with the college football stuff. And you're opening with Furman. You're darn right I'm opening with Furman. Winners go first. You know why? Because when we have a great local win, a great local win in the upstate, you have earned the open. Okay? I'm not going to strip something from you that was earned which is more than I can say for what the college football playoff committee did to Florida State, all right? When Clemson beat South Carolina in the rivalry game, they open. When the Greenville Triumph win USL League One, they open. When Furman wins an FCS playoff game, they open. When Furman is the feel-good story and the Cinderella of March Madness, they open. When a good local story happens, they open. And I don't care what other people think should open the show, the good local story earns carte blanche, earns the pole position. Now it's time for my blood pressure to raise, and it will do so. 
I'm sure, to an unhealthy level. When Offsides continues right after this, we are the Fan Upstate. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. It's offsides, Mark Ryan and Diesel. We are the fan upstate rolling on until 7 o'clock p.m. today. So, guys, what I, what I have witnessed in the last 24 hours is the most egregious and obvious sign of corruption that I have seen in major pro sports in this in in my lifetime. Okay? Like you remember Tim Donaghy, the NBA official bet on games? This is worse than that. Okay? This is a committee of people who are supposed to have the best interest of the sport uh, in which they govern at heart. And they are choosing a college football playoff based on television ratings. Okay, based on what gives them the better games. And it it just absolutely blows my mind, much in the way that uh, when people defend the Live Golf Tour, that blows my mind. It's like I, I still haven't had a, heard a good reason for anyone defending that when you tell them that the Live Golf family sponsored the 9/11 attack like i it's it just amazes me that there's not a single there's a single american that would think it's okay for anyone to play on that tour you know like to me it is baffling beyond a shadow of reasonable doubt that anybody could say this isn't corruption this isn't just this isn't right this isn't deserved. Now, you know, those of you who listen to the show on a day-in, day-out basis, you guys know that we keep it a buck on this show, that Diesel and I do, that we have our favorite teams, Diesel, Appalachian State. Congratulations on Auburn basketball. Mm-hmm. Uh, damn you for not showing up in the Sun Belt Championship <laughs> game. That was my upset pick. By yeah. the way, you hit your upset pick twice in a row, didn't you? Yes, I did. Twice in a row. It wasn't worth much. I think this week I, I picked up three and a half points, well, four points, I but mean, it's, it's still a win. It's three and a half points that I no longer have. Mm. You know, so Do that's, you have any points left? I think so. I think uh, so. But, um, yeah. But less points than I have, right? Less points. Okay. Fewer points than you that's do. That's all sure, that matters. Sure. Sure thing. So, uh, <laughs> so, anyway, guys, like, it's, you know, I, I – what what unfolded yesterday is just it's it's beyond comprehension, you know, and like it it just I, I continued to see it, and 
you know, it was one of those yesterday where I was in church. Uh, Angela and I went to uh, Second Chance Church in um, in Anderson, and you know, it's one of those where it's like I'm trying to look like I belong in church and take part, but every ten minutes you're taking the cell phone out, but you're not wanting to take the cell phone out so much that it's upsetting the wife. The service began at 11 a.m. You know the college football ratings are coming out at noon, and you're saying, okay, please be over at noon, and then it's not over at noon. And by the time I get out of there, the phone is blowing up. Everybody's got a take. Mark, you're not going to like this. And I, I, I just, I literally couldn't believe what I saw. I couldn't believe what I saw. Now, a lot of people said, well, Mark Ryan, you're wrong. And I refuse to accept that. Because the committee was wrong, okay? The committee was wrong in terms of what they did. And, you know, I happen to be on social media enough over the weekend to be able to tell you that I know today that this show is going to sound a lot like the Rob Brown show. Normally, our two shows have very, very distinct differences. We are very different flavors of ice cream. Um, But in this case, you know, like... You know, you listen to the show, Rob is a Florida State fan, okay? Like, that's his team. I am a Florida State hater, but I am so compelled to fight for what I think is right, you know, that here you have a guy in myself who at the beginning of the year told you erroneously that Florida State was the most overrated team in America. And here I am three months later, telling you that their omission from the college football playoff is the most grave and most corrupt injustice I've ever seen in sports in my life. I don't even know how you make sense of this at all. I can tell you to start that they have made college football worse. And they've made college football worse because I want to be against the 12-team college football playoff. I want to be against that. Right? Like, I, I do not feel the college football playoff, um, the 12-team college football playoff, is going to properly feature the best games in the sport. It's very much a quantity over quality argument. Those who like the 12-team playoff say, well, more games are going to matter. That's quantity. Those who are against it say, yeah, but the best games are going to matter less. When Michigan plays Ohio State... It's not going to be all or nothing. When Alabama plays Georgia, it's not going to be all or nothing. It's just going to be for what will feel like a meaningless conference championship or seeding, you know. But, folks, when you you put out BS like this, I'm suddenly all for a 12-team college football playoff, even though it lessens the importance of our biggest games. And I'm all for it because I can't handle a bunch of morons getting into a room ever again and coming up with something as corrupt as this. All right? I I can't handle it. Now, what I would have done if I was the college football playoff committee, who, who who would have I had in? I would have had in Michigan, Washington, Florida State, and Texas. That's who I would have had in. What I felt the committee would do was put in Michigan, Washington, Florida State, and Alabama. What blows me away is that Florida State was on the chopping block 
and then was in fact axed. You can't say Jordan Travis's absence makes FSU a different team, but ignore how much better Alabama is now versus where they were in September. Uh, do, do you guys want a little reminder here? The week after Alabama lost to Texas, Jalen Milrow was benched against USF, and Alabama was tied against the USF Bulls 3-3 to in the third quarter. Okay? So the Alabama that Texas beat was not even close to the Alabama that just beat Georgia. It's not even close to the same team. And so I thought what the committee would do is say, you know what? Head-to-head matters. However, Alabama beating number one in December matters more to us than Texas beating a junior varsity version of Alabama in September. This matters more. I thought that's what they would be. I thought that's what they would say. I, th- I, I just knew that the debate was going to come down to Alabama or Texas, right? You heard Josh Pate on this show. What did Josh Pate say? He said Florida State is in with a win, and, quote, I'm not interested in hearing any argument against that. He's not interested. Then he said Alabama is in. So Josh Pate was showing you who, who his playoff four is. Alabama, Florida State, Michigan, and Washington. He's showing you who they were. Um, And then, inexplicably, they came and they tried to pull this subjective BS out that we went with the four best teams, which is only a matter of opinion. And they tried to throw out, Diesel, the BS that Florida State, with a third-string quarterback, did not look like one of the four best teams. But here's what I can tell you, Diesel. Um, You know what Florida State would have been favored uh, by against Louisville? You know I can tell you what that number is? Because Kelly Ford's model doesn't account for injury. So Kelly Ford said that Florida State is favored by 9.5 over Louisville with Jordan Travis. Mm -hmm. They won by 10. They covered the spread with a third-string quarterback And you've got people pulling style points when Florida State scheduled LSU and beat them. And I hate, imagine having to defend your enemy. I mean, that's that's what I feel like. I just can't believe what I'm witnessing. I can't believe what I'm seeing. Um, This this should not come as a shock to you, Mark, as somebody who has argued for the little guy since I started on this show. The underdog being left out simply because we don't think they can compete is an argument that I've been screaming about for years on this station. It's somebody deciding for you that you're not good enough to even get a chance. That's exactly what's happening right here. The committee decided for Florida State that without Jordan Travis, they're not good enough to even get a chance. It sucks. It's a really crappy place to be, you know? It's like the show Bleeps Creek. It's a Bleeps, Bleeps Creek place to be. Um... But let's be real. Florida State without Jordan Travis ain't beating Michigan. Right. They're not beating Michigan. But it's not about that. Right. No. Well, no, it's not. It shouldn't be. But but there's another argument that I've made. People say we shouldn't expand the playoffs because we're going to see more blowouts in the first round. We've seen a ton of blowouts in the first round over the years in the semifinal games. Why should this year be any different? Why should this year be 
any difference. So, and who are we to say that Florida State's elite defense wouldn't slow Michigan down just enough? Florida State's been doing enough to win all season long. And that sucks as a place to be, to be told it's not good enough. It's not good enough. I think it was Booger McFarlane in the clip that we have that we're going to play today. He said, it's okay to win games in defensive style. Like, not every game has to be 51 to 48. Like, what do they say in those games? Nobody played any defense. Well, here's great defense on display between Louisville and Florida State. Great defense was on display. And that's not good enough. Well, to to that point, Diesel, Louisville, I went back and I, I got this today. Louisville averaged 33 points a game. They got six against Florida State. Yeah, They looked offensively against that defense who knew what it had to do to win that game. Like, it seemed like Mike Norvell said, you guys got to pitch a shutout. Yeah. You guys have to pitch a shutout today. And they basically did. In terrible weather. They held a team that averages 33 points a game to six points. A a team that they were going to be a nine and a half point favorite in with their starter. They beat them by 10. And then you're saying, well, Mark Ryan, they didn't look like a top four team. Well, here's what I think of that. They weren't going to be playing that true freshman quarterback in the playoff anyway. That's a three-star, 18-year-old. They were going to be playing a three-year quarterback, Tate Rodemaker, that's a four-star. I hope you can see the difference. Why are you you, uh, looking at them in that game like that's a fixed space? And then... You know, like everyone was sending me yesterday this this part of the selection criteria where they're allowed to factor in injuries, right? Like when injuries happen, that can be part. And I'm like, that's baked in there so they can be corrupt and create matchups for television ratings. I mean, now at the end of the season, you got to be saying, in addition to winning, we can't get hurt. What would be the NFL version of what college football did? You know what comes to mind, Diesel? A few years ago, Carson Wentz was an MVP candidate for the Philadelphia Eagles. Got hurt. Nick Foles led them to the Super Bowl championship, Super Bowl title. Sorry, you're ineligible. Sorry, you're not in the playoff. Or how about the 49ers? Everyone can see they're the best team in the league when everyone's healthy, right? But now, right before the playoffs, as you know will happen, Diesel, Christian McCaffrey, Debo Samuel will get dinged up. You're going to take away your home field advantage. No, no, no. Yeah. You guys don't look like, you don't look like the best team in the game. I mean, this is so patently absurd. It is mind-boggling. You know, to me, yesterday morning I woke up and I said, if you're the committee, the first question you need to ask is, who has to be in? And the answer was Florida State, Michigan, and Washington. They have to be in. They're unbeaten conference champions within the Power Five. They have to be in. It's not about the games you want to see. It's not about creating competitive matchups or a TV product. Florida State has earned its place. And my former partner, Booger McFarland here, absolutely, like I've never been more proud of him. He and I used to fight against, like he was on pro-Florida State when Jameis Winston was there. I was against Florida State because I didn't think they were that good. And he said all they do is win. And that's all Florida State did yet again was win. Here is Booger apoplectic at what the committee did. 
matchup based on performance, not getting the teams that deserve to be in, in my opinion. And, and I think we look at this from a selfish standpoint. We want the best matchup so we can say, you know what, this year's semifinals wasn't a blowout. It wasn't a blowout like it's been the last couple of years that we get good matchups. And I just think that's, a, that's devastating for the kids at Florida State. And I think we're diminishing how you win. It's okay to win with defense. It's okay to have a dominant defense and win a football game. It doesn't always have to be scoring 50 or 60 points. And I think as, as a football nation, as a group of analysts, we got to wrap our mind around that because to me, this is about let's get the four best matchups. We can sell it and we can do all these different things. Who cares if Florida State won 16-6 with defense? They dominated a Louisville team from a defensive <laughs> standpoint. Who cares? I, I, I don't either. Well, but they do, and I felt like, you know – I kind of felt like watching this, Diesel, that like the guys on ESPN and Kirk Herbstreet, they've broken bad. Like I, I just feel like they, they've been snowed over by the system that they used to fight against. They used to be pro-little guy. They used to be pro the right thing happening. And to watch all those guys defend, you know, Florida State do everything asked of them and have it ripped away from them. They defended the defenseless and I, I, I just can't believe it. And, you know, I hope that you guys know when I'm up here today defending my most hated rival, I hope you know now in perpetuity that you're always going to get the scoop from me because I feel so bad for my hated rival that I am compelled to use this platform now to defend them. I am disgusted by what just took place. Much more on this. Jim Zoki on the Panthers. Joining us next here on Offsides, we are the Fan Upstate. It's Offsides, Mark Ryan and Diesel. We are the Fan Upstate rolling on until 7 o'clock p.m. today. Great to have you with us. The Carolina Panthers fall yesterday to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 21-18. to Carolina falls to 1-11, 0-7 away from home uh, about the one of the only bright spots to me was Chuba Hubbard going over 100 yards uh, 25 carries a buck four two touchdowns Bryce Young didn't look good and now we have the story out that uh, multiple Panthers coaches wanted a bench rookie QB Bryce Young in favor of Andy Dalton in week five I heard Diesel say the same thing about the same time my thing is I just don't understand the why behind that like, is, you know, why play Andy Dalton over Bryce Young? Joining us right now, he's the uh, analyst for the Carolina Panthers. Uh, you can hear him on the Carolina Panthers Network on Twitter at Jim Zoki, S-Z-O-K-E. Uh, when you hear that, Jim, you know, p- play Andy Dalton over Bryce Young, it gives you a better chance to win. He's better right now than Bryce Young. You don't draft a quarterback number one not to develop him. Why? Why would? Why was there um, perhaps some momentum within the building to do that? I'll be honest. I'm just hearing this for the first time. Where Where is this being reported from? Diana Russini, the Athletic. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Just you know, we've been working all day since I got back late last night from the late game. I hadn't seen the story, so I'm, I'm actually hearing it as you say it. Um, to me, I agree with you. It's like you draft Bryce Young for the same reason that C.J. Stroud is playing in Houston. You've got an investment in a player. And, uh, again, he needs to play to get better. I think if you didn't think he was ready week one, it makes sense to begin the season with Andy Dalton until uh, he's up to speed. But I think they thought he was ready from week one to come out and play and 
I think, you know, by and large, you know, people are recognizing that that while Bryce is far from perfect, that there are things around him that don't, you know, create success in terms of the offensive line protection, receivers not getting separation. We were down there in Tampa yesterday, and we see the full field, not just the TV view while we're doing the broadcast. And you just see there's not very many wide open or even somewhat open receivers. And when he does try to do something a little bit further down the field, you know, many times the pass protection is not there. So, again, doesn't exonerate the part that goes on to Bryce, but there's a lot of other circumstances going on as to, you know, why the offense is struggling. And a lot of it has things to do with nothing about what, what his play is. Jim, I, I, I would assume that Chris Tabor is under no illusions that he has a real shot of earning the head coaching job going forward in your mind. Is it a foregone conclusion that Dave Tepper will hire a coach who's worked with, small-bodied quarterbacks before. I'm looking at guys like the OC there in Arizona, Frank Smith in Miami, who have had similar size and similar skill set coordinators. Or uh, would it be would it be advantageous to go after a guy who's, who's been a very hot name in Ben Johnson in Detroit uh, who has not worked with a small-bodied quarterback? And then we may find ourselves in another Frank Reich position where you've got a coach coaching a player who was not in his mold. Yeah, and that's a good question. I think, you know, whoever they bring in, uh, for me, I'll say this, I don't think it has to be an offensive-minded head coach. I think you're right. They're probably going to go that direction just from what people are saying. Uh, but to me, it's like it's fine to have a defensive-minded head coach because the minutia of the work comes from quarterback coach, offensive coordinator, passing game coordinators. Head coach has to obviously oversee all sides of the football clock management and relate to all 53 players and, and an entire coaching staff and be a leader. So there's a kind of a skill set that's not unique. Obviously, the league has changed, and you see more Kyle Shanahan's, Coach McDonald down in Miami, player uh, coaches like that who you know come from the offensive side. I, I do think they probably, my guess would be, overall the staff will be you know centered around what you're talking about is like something you know modern day football that's not you know the traditional quarterback of you know 10, 15 years ago, the drop back passer something that fits the skill set, you know, in particular of what they have with Bryce Young. And, um, yeah, you look at the successes around the league, uh, those are the kind of teams, you know, Miami. It doesn't have to be small so much, but just innovative, San Francisco, places that are going to figure out innovative ways of of getting Bryce in in the right settings and the right protections. We saw yesterday, just with Thomas Brown, a lot more uh, motion with the receivers. We saw more under center with Bryce, which I think helped the running game. You talked about Chuba had a better day. And uh, I think even just rolling the pocket a lot more often. So I I think we'll probably see a few more wrinkles over the next five games. But I do think they're trying to attempt to put Bryce in in different situations than what he's just been doing through the first 11 games prior to that. If you were making the final call, Jim, do you have a dream coaching candidate? Not really. I want to see who's all out there. I think, you know, there's there's some good candidates out there that uh, I would assume do want to be head coaches, like you mentioned Ben Johnson from Detroit. And obviously, I think, you know, somewhere like L.A. Chargers with the struggles they're having, winning 6 nothing yesterday with a really good quarterback in Justin Herbert could be intriguing to people like that, too. So I think there'll be some competition for some of the big names. But, uh, yeah, I think to me it's going to be somebody that, again, is first and foremost, you know, a head coach because you can always find that next great offensive mind to oversee the offensive side of the football and Bryce's development. Um, so to me at this point, I'd like to see what that list is once we get there, but maybe a lot of cases, maybe someone we don't even know that well that we may have heard of, or we certainly know where they're coming from. 
Uh, but it'll be interesting to see what kind of out-of-the-box ideas they get beyond the names that are thrown out. Like, you know, Jim Harbaugh gets thrown out there. Bill Belichick, you know, things like that. Like that. It's like, it'll be interesting to see maybe what's more of the, the cutting edge of uh, what today's NFL is about. Jim, uh, Chris Tabor was quoted as saying, we're just going to go out there and have fun. Now that the Panthers are eliminated from the playoffs, are we going to see some, like, weird arena football, flea flickers, double reverses? I mean, at this point, what does it matter if you if you go out there and you try to throw a little razzle-dazzle and give the fans a show? Or, you know, are they are they going to try to win football games the way they've been playing all season long? I would love to see them go for it on fourth down every time. Just never yes. punch. And, uh, never yeah, punch. That'd be, yeah. I'm sure Chris Tabor probably had like break every principle in his body to do that, to not punt uh, because he's a special teams guy. But uh, yeah, we saw him go for fourth down yesterday, make a you know, deep throw with a DJ Chark yesterday. And I do think we'll probably see like a Johnny Hecker fake punt because he's so good at that. I could see him dialing up something like that over the next couple of weeks. Um, he is leaving the offense to Thomas Brown. So he won't, I don't think Chris Tabor, uh, I guess he would have final approval on signing off. Like we're going to do a flea flicker or something like that, but he's really letting that, play calling happen on the offensive side of the ball and, and not uh, be involved in that, you know, because, you know, this is Thomas's time to do it. He's, he's being entrusted with the offense there. I thought things looked a little bit different yesterday, but they're kind of, you know, it's like trying to bake something new out of the same ingredients in the kitchen. There's not, there's only so much more they can do. And you're right. If you start getting crazy, then it looks, it looks silly. But I think, you know, given the right moment, if there's somewhere, you know, near midfield um, where you're not deep in your own territory, you can see fake punts. You can see, you know, going for it more on fourth down, things like that. And um, people kind of got upset yesterday. That it was late in the game. You know, they had third and one and fourth and one, and they didn't run the ball. I was happy with it because I, I didn't want to go down and just kick a field goal, honestly. I wanted to go down and get a touchdown and try to win a game, not see if we could get to overtime and then struggle to score in overtime. So I like the fact that they did the rollout on third and one, went for it on fourth one because you know they're loading the box up. They're expecting you to run. So I think it was actually a good principle to – kind of go outside your tendency and try to do something different yesterday. What are you seeing or perhaps more importantly, not seeing from Bryce young that is concerning to you, Jim? I think for me, it's like um, he's got to be pinpoint accurate. And if, remember like the first drive yesterday, very close with Jonathan Mingo in an out route. They reviewed it. Uh, he dove, almost caught it, but didn't catch it based on he didn't have completion of the catch over there. Things like that where again, I don't know, sometimes that's, more the receiver's not exactly where he's supposed to be, but let's just let's just say he's just a little bit off. He's just got to be really pinpoint accurate where he's catching receivers in full stride, where they can catch the ball and run, where they're not diving for the ball and either coming up with it or not coming up for it. And I know, again, with all the things we mentioned that make it difficult for him to be able to do that, we're asking a lot probably. But I think that's the next step in the evolution is, is just that, where it's not – a high degree of difficulty catch or when they catch it, the play ends because they're on the ground at that point. It'd be cool to see more like what Mike Evans had yesterday on that 75 yard touchdown hit and stride on a deep, you know, kind of a dig route or post route, and then just able to catch it and run and get more explosive plays where, where guys are running at full speed as they collect the ball. Jim Zoki, color analyst, Carolina Panthers. Thanks so much for all you do for us, bud. Have a great week. Thanks for keeping inviting me. anytime buddy anytime jim zoki uh thanks for keeping inviting me he says (laughs) uh i really like that guy diesel i I really like jim zoki just the vibe about him like he's got this no nonsense approach but also like he's got a sense of humor about it because i think he gets diesel like what did i say to you off the air about this today it's like 
What do you say about the Carolina Panthers? They've already made the coaching change. Yep. They they're pro- they might not win another game. You know, at this point, every week that we talk Carolina Panthers, does it not feel like Groundhog Day? Like, literally? Yeah. It's just like, what can we ask that hasn't already been asked? I did not mention the, 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 the team name, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, until the 35-minute mark of yesterday's Carolina kickoff show. Didn't talk about the game at all until 35 minutes into the show. I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, look, yeah. uh, Anish Shroff, Jim Zoki, they're coming on after me. They can break this game down. I like to talk storylines. I like yeah, to talk what's no, interesting. I, we spent the entire first segment talking about how much David Tepper's an idiot. Well, yeah, and the topics are really what's more interesting about the team at this point. I, I, I firmly agree. All right, my friends, uh, does are do we have any dissenting voices out there that believe the committee got it right? I'll tell you why you're wrong. Next, here on Offsides, we are the Fan Up State. Now, with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade used with permission.